0: hello and welcome back to another episode of seek therapy podcast it's me jasmine and america and jasmine ty and we are back so how y'all doing what's been up these last two weeks ciao (laughs) i missed you guys i know i missed y'all let's let's see Well, I'll start with a challenge. (laughs) I can always tell what kind of week people have had um, if they start with a challenge. (laughs) They tell you a lot. It does. So my challenge, I posted on social media, on Twitter, um, but it was school counselors week. And um, I found out that People had gotten certificates, gotten muffins and things like that. And initially I was like, you know, oh, maybe because like I'm a psychiatric social worker that they're not considering me. That's fine. Next next month is social workers month. So um, I didn't think nothing of it. And then I found out that um, the person that does my exact same job, but for the whole rest of the school had gotten it. And I was like, skirt, what? Where did you do that at? So, my coworker screenshot and sent me an email of an invitation for like a luncheon um, for school counselors week. And she was like, why weren't you included? And I said, huh? So, I look, you know, and I see that literally every person who's like, in my kind of capacity was included i'm talking attendance counselors i'm talking academic counselors i'm talking the same person that does my job too like everyone and so i was just like fed the fuck up like cancer cry baby came out i was like fuck this i drive an hour to be here when i could be working at home not leaving my house doing way better mentally, you know, but because I care about my community and I want to actually help the ch- the future, you know, to be excluded is just like a slap in the fucking face. And it's Black History Month, like, I would like to fight, um, disrespectfully. So I went to work, um, Friday. I knew I was going. So I uh, just went so I can address that um, and advocate for myself and just say like, that's, I don't have to be here Mm -hmm. and I am a fucking gift to this school. And so for y'all to treat me like this is just like, maybe I shouldn't be here because literally my days of having shitty jobs are over. Like I'm a licensed clinician. I don't have to be doing this.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, and so, you know, I did that and I left. I uh, went out to lunch with Joe. I got some drinks. I was like, you know, this has been a hell of a fucking week. Like, no one should ever leave their job bawling for an hour and bawl on the way to work mm. the next day. Like, no one should be feeling like that. Um, And so on Monday when I came back, she came and she was like thirsty to talk to me. Oh calling, calling, you know, and to give me the certificate that I should have had to start. And I was just like, okay. (laughs) So she's like, how can I repair this? You know, I'm like, I I hadn't thought about that, but we could start with the Starbucks. She's like, what size? But, get the fuck out my face! Get out my face! You know, a, Ill, a large, a <laughs> <laughs> Run Running the fuck up reparations.
1: I was about to say, it's giving reparations.
0: <sighs> um, so she did end up giving it to me. Uh, but yeah, it's just been. This has been raggedy. And, you know, it's crazy that I posted it on Twitter and people I haven't even met before literally made me a certificate and, like, sent it to me on Twitter. And I'm just like, <sighs> people like, people can be, can be. <laughs> so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody sent me some money. I said, yes, ma'am. My best friend sent me some Cinnabon. I said, yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which brings me into my highlight, which is that the next day, that Saturday, I had my Galentine's, and I wish y'all was over here so y'all could have came. But um, it was just so nice; it was great. Like I had flowers everywhere. You know, I made a charcuterie board. Everyone had to bring like a snack of pink, or in white, and red, and so. That was cool. I made like this little drink, little punch. And I had my new in there. So I'm gonna save that for the new new. But it was a really good time. My friends brought me flowers because of how shitty I was feeling. And so that was just, it was very nice to realize that I have an amazing community, you know, and I tweet about it often like because I'm just so grateful because this was not my reality in my 20s. Yeah. I would have told my friends like, oh, this happened, they would have been like, oh I'm sorry. When y'all want to go to brunch. <laughs> <laughs> when when we got let's get fucked up. Like that's the solution. And so it's just great to be in a place of like genuine community. So I talked a lot How y'all been, what's been up (laughs) What's up America
1: So you got your uh, New weight zone, come on girl
0: Inches. Inches. Um, Let me see
2: I forgot what I was going to say Oh I'm sorry, I had to say something about your first part About you want to serve your community And I think that's a beautiful thing But I also want you to remember that you can serve Your community without sacrificing yourself
0: Oh, why the fuck she come in and guns blazing like that?
2: It's just <gasps> I come
0: know,
1: right? Laying down the truth. That's true. <sighs>
0: that is true. And, know, just,
1: a lot of us feel like we have to be a martyr, but
2: no. Because you're talking to a fellow social worker who also served the community and was a martyr. And it took a hell of a toll. And I was self sacrificing and abandoning myself, my needs, my everything so that I could be a part of the community. And it was beautiful. And they fuck with me. And it's it's great. And I know I was impactful. And also and you have you know another, I mean? yeah. Nothing so, right. So I think it's other ways that you can serve the community in a way where you're not abandoning yourself and you're making sure you're taking care of yourself. In the words of Monique, no, never mind. Never oh, mind.
0: I'd like you to got see. a new Stanley. <laughs> so
2: remember I showed you the black one? Oh, yes. I yeah. was supposed to get the, the soft green one or whatever the hell it was. So they sent me the black one on accident. I reached out to them. They were like, oops, sorry, you can keep the black one. We'll send you the green one, bet. Sorry, we ran out of green ones. Does this suffice, bitch? At this point, give me my cup. It's been three months. Give me my
1: cup. Oh my god! So, and oh. these are like the seventy-dollar
0: cups. <laughs> they're not See? seventy
1: on Amazon. They are.
0: Well, See? on they're reselling. They're trying yeah. to get the same money. up okay. I was
1: like, that doesn't make sense. I'm not paying over twenty bucks for it. I have
0: me. my other one.
2: <laughs> I like it though. Yeah. It's nice that the ice has been in there since.
0: Mid yesterday, I think so, right? Like, yeah, it right, it's like okay, and eh, it is that much. That's not how I feel like, okay. Um, so now what? What y'all gonna do anyway? So, um, <laughs> <let's see>. oh,
2: <sighs> challenge, challenge. I always have something to do, that's my challenge. Mm-hmm. I always got some
0: shit to do. Always. You always saying yes to doing some shit. Yeah. So, I fixed it for you.
2: Well in this case, no. But usually yes. But maybe this is a result of saying it. Yes. Shit, I don't know. Either way, I got too much. Shit. Yeah, all right. Um, so that's a challenge. It's gonna be a challenge, I guess, until it's not. Um, but that's annoying as hell. <laughs> oh, <man.
0: laughs> Not the doggo pulling up like er, er. Well, because somebody is outside barking and when somebody
2: else is outside barking, we gotta let them know we're here too. Right. 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 It's the Scorpio in her, she can't help it. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yes, that's my challenge. I always got something to do. But then my highlight for this week though is I got some things off of my to-do list that I needed to do. It's such a catch-22 around this bitch all the time. Um, But there was something on my list that I have been prolonging for the last two months because it was going to take a lot of time and a lot of energy to do and require me to do shit in person and like I just don't be wanting to do that. But I got it done.
0: Yay! So proud of you! Thanks, y'all. Keep me lifted. I lifted it up. Raise the roof for you. <laughs> That's how my age shows at work all the time. They're like, mm-hmm. Miss, you be doing the throwback dance moves.
1: Not the throwback. <laughs> I still did the head bounce at least once a week. Because
0: why not? I'm like, y'all don't be, you'll never hear nothing and just gotta I like the way because uh. I'm a chicken head some shit
2: and I don't give a fuck what it like, is. And I'm gonna and
0: a I'm a spin it around.
2: Correct. Right. <laughs> what you wanna do? What my ass? <laughs> Can't, so okay,
1: <laughs> it don't think what is it? Throw it up and you wait,
2: and then snap it. Come, hey, on. I'm a-
1: Come on, they don't I know.
2: That too like
3: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: I will uh, hit the pool palace in the I grocery will. store. What
0: the pool house? In
3: Especially the- some <laughs> I love it. for real, for real. I love
0: it. That's funny, damn. Where are? In our 30s, cool. It's given very much so that um, <laughs> America looking at her dog like I'd be looking <laughs> at Janae. And I just don't be understanding.
2: Put the oh down. speaking of um old school and all that, real quick. Sorry, Jeff. I don't want stuff on your time. Yeah, go ahead. This TikToker posted on TikTok a playlist of songs that we was listening to. So he posted Plaza Shawty, he posted unpredictable Jamie fox Ooh. and this young man, y'all, said it is the auntie playlist.
0: <gasps> <laughs> I am shook. If how did we get here? He's He's
3: did... He
0: said this is for... y'all. He well, then
1: who's listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire because those are the aunties. I
0: mean I, to them. I
2: like, I think we might now. <laughs> like, are we the aunties now?
0: We mm. are. No. just, well, we are and up. just miss We're it. Good. No, immediately not. But the truth of the yeah. matter is that we are. No. Yeah. Denial <laughs> is a <the> thing. <laughs> you can't be an auntie
1: until you're like 40.
2: Can't do it. When I see you, dream, shit. yes, no. yes,
0: it is, <laughs> it is giving auntie vibes. It is, no, it is. You know, a, my I'm kid. listening to the songs in my head, and I'm like, When I see you, one of my students, I let her see my yearbook, and she was like, I could tell this from back in the day, miss. Look at the hair. <laughs>
1: Was she, was she talking about, like, the emo kids? Because they'll date us real quick.
0: Look at the hair. Y'all was really out here, miss. Like, that's giving very much so old school. I think Back I have <laughs> like, it. Back in the day. Like, it's the hairstyles. Back in the day.
2: She know that band too thick. <laughs> like, you know, you know what I'm talking? That's just what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> oh. what type of band is that?
3: <laughs> I know,
1: what type of talking about too the big ass side swoop
2: she said what type of bag is that oh my, <laughs> my baby was dragging she so was dry.
0: she said miss look oh. at you you have the inches <laughs> you have that press oh i did have that press
1: <laughs> as you should i started <laughs> to bring my students my seventh grade yearbook but of course, oh, there's like no. the kids that signed in It were like, right, Yeah, exactly.
0: You that bitch. Yeah. yeah. you Fade. Like, what? No, we weren't. I was we like, worried. I'm not, not going
1: to bring this and encourage the shenanigans.
0: Yeah, those ones. Yeah. It's a hard no. We never bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. 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 Like, simmer down. Like, that's fine.
1: Right, right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah. My, <laughs> my yeah. highlight this week, I went to, um, I am a big old blended family, y'all. And so I spent time yesterday with my bonus mom's mother-in-law. And her and the ladies, the aunties, they mm-hmm. uh, went out to see a matinee play. And we went to the Ensemble Theater, which was founded in 1976 by the phenomenal actress, producer, playwright, Jackie Taylor. And it is here in Houston. It was my first time catching a show there. And I feel like that low-key is now the spot. But we saw Paradise Blue. mm mm-hmm, And it was good. And I called, you know, at intermission, I was like, man, I feel like this is about to happen. And when I tell you, like, in the last act, when your audience goes, <gasps> and then the curtain drops or the lights fade, and it's like, that's the end of the play, you know, you're doing something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and we went out to eat afterwards and it was my first time having like that one-on-one time with her. So shout out to Miss Miss Cynthia and the ladies. Um, so yeah, that was my highlight and everything. I'm glad I got the Being an auntie the house. was your <laughs> <her> highlight. <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh
1: my god! Oh my god. Yeah. I was! Just and I really did enjoy myself. Damn, like, huh. Are you the fuck. Am I the Auntie? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, and of course, my uh, challenge is that uh, I still don't fuck with State Farm. Like they still ain't shit. <laughs>
3: um,
1: so, what's up, Jake? Jake, hey, what's up, Keith? My new uh, pol- I literally <laughs> called the policy, or not the policy. It's my policy, but the agent's office lit this week. Trying to get this stuff still situated because now apparently they're waiting on parts for my car. I'm still in a rental. Why the fuck is Enterprise still calling me? And because uh, okay. I'm a customer. And so I called the agent's office and I literally, I was like, you know what? I don't mean to sound like a dick, but really what is the purpose of y'all? Like what is the
3: purpose? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like health insurance. Yeah. It's no, a- I, health I, don't, health. I don't, I in theory, right? Until you right. need
1: it, and you have and to be pocket. All, like, what? And all she was like, well, look, we explain people's policies to them and we assist them. I was like, well, quite frankly, I'm not assisted. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> like, like,
1: like I, I, I was at work, so I had to, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Not her out in the teacher's lounge in front of the people, but it was just, <laughs> like, no, seriously, like, what is the point? Like, if I'm having to right. call corporate, sit on hold for 30 minutes. In order to ask a question or get my question answered, and like, what is the point of the agent's office? So, yeah, I am getting a new policy as soon as my car is back. Um, yeah, that was my challenge. It is still a pain in my ass. <laughs> is the
2: issue your policy?
1: Or is it something the else? Issue, no, no, no. The issue is that. So, my accident happened on 12 30. 22, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: okay, my car was taken from the accident to a storage facility. State Farm had me go up there, and I had to sign a paper for State Farm to tow the vehicle out because it's storage. They don't have their own tow truck drivers. And State Farm, I went and signed that paper on the 2nd. State Farm didn't pick up my car until the 18th. What? No, I'm sorry. They didn't pick up my car until the 20th after I called on the 18th for an update of like, when can I go and pay my deductible and get my car back? They hadn't picked it up from storage. It gets to the collision repair place and it sits there for 10 days until they call me and ask me for my car keys so that they can move it in and look at it.
0: I know you motherfucking lying.
1: And then Enterprise keeps calling me every so often because of course I've hit my contracted Uh limit you know what I mean, but Absolutely. as far as I'm concerned, I shouldn't uh-huh. still be in the rental. Uh-huh. So, you and then in your whip a month ago, I should have been in my whip a month ago. So the person who's running my policy, apparently, I can only talk to her. She works Monday through Friday, eight to four.
0: So, while well, you're working too. So it, it's just
1: it's a kerfuffle. kerfluffle, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Definitely. And then she finally, I finally get a hold of her, and she gives me a, an extension. But come to find out, the extension was only good until Valentine's Day. So on Friday, I have three missed calls and two voicemails from Enterprise. Talk about where's their money? Uh, I don't know. You better call State Farm because Jake has your money, not Jack, not Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. And so I finally got a hold of it. And so come to find out, she put in the request. Uh, For $600. Well, there was already a tab on it. Like instead of giving it a time, she gave it a dollar amount of an extension. And so I finally talked to someone Friday evening and he looks at it and he's like, yeah, this should have been, a, a you know, instead of $600 worth of a request, we should have requested two more weeks. So long story short, you talk to four people, the fifth person is going to be helpful. Over, at
0: like that. Mm-hmm. isn't that
1: crazy, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they got Michael B. Jordan doing their shit on SNL. Oh, yeah. Shout out to yeah. Alexis who sent me that from SNL. And she was like, I listened to the podcast and I thought about you and I saw this sketch. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah. damn, That's are we the entries now for real? <laughs> <laughs> it's <certainly laughs> on the fact that we are embrace it. All right. Yeah. But y'all know that as an auntie, auntie gonna put you on a new thing that she listening to, watching, working out. You know, one thing about my auntie, she be in the she being a no. <laughs> so let's get into new new. Um, like I was saying, I have made a punch for Valentine's Day. And on TikTok, I saw this girl make some drink and she put edible glitter in it. And that oh. shit was just like so sparkly. And so I also did that um, for Valentine's Day. Had like the iridescent, it was cute. Did come out the other way also. <gasps> That's even better. I know. I was like shitting glitter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, But, yeah, that's my new-new. Just, like, you don't need a reason to, like, romanticize your life. Like, if you want to be extra, do you. If that'll make you happy, do you. If you want to
1: poop dinner, that's your business.
0: Because <laughs> it's damn sure mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, What about you? I'm
1: going to say real quick, my new new is food feminism. I bought some Black History shirts eh, off of Amazon and this popped up as like, girl, you might want this too. I was like, okay, I do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So once I finish um, living forward, I'm going to slide over to that. I'm trying to do... Last time we talked about juggling more than one book at a time.
0: Mm-hmm. All about love.
1: Yeah, so I'm trying to uh, to do that because when I was little, I would I would do that. I remember reading The Wizard of Oz and like Peter Pan at the same
0: time. Yeah,
1: for what reason? You know what I mean? I'm probably,
0: but, yeah. yeah,
1: exercise your imagination.
0: Period. I just finished my fourth book this year. Damn. Need to catch up. She getting it in. Up, <laughs> uh, better work. I'm all literate. Yes, put us on America. What's up, sis? What's new? Uh, mine is not as entertaining as y'all's, but baby,
2: uh, we watched Monique's new movie, The Reading. I did too last night. what you think? That shit was funny too. <laughs> <laughs>
3: it was.
1: And I, watched I was like, is this a horror movie or a comedy? Because why am I laughing so much? <laughs> it was the one liners that she was giving. Yeah.
2: Wow. She was like, <laughs> he said, fuck you too, baby. She gave me everything I needed. I'm not no. gonna... yeah, yeah, it was. I... So the SEO question should you watch it? Yes, yeah. just because you should watch it.
1: You should. But it. it start it you know at the end of the day it's a BET movie. So like, <laughs> you know. leave the lights on, girl.
2: <laughs> um, but you know what? It started off real It we started off real strong. We, we, did. We, started, we did. I was like, "Okay, bitch." And then I just I feel like they rushed it. They were like, baby, we got an hour, however, much to get this all out. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Commercials were considered in production. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> it was we gotta go get it. <laughs> and then they just rushed through the rest of the movie. But you know, I'm not mad. Shout out to Monique, honey. Making her uh re-debut. She ain't been on TV in a while, because then she pissed some people off. Anyway, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the same person she pissed off was the director. It's, it was Reading.
1: a it was a Lee Daniels movie, The Reading. Oh, oh. and there was the moment where I was sitting there and I was like, "Is this a Tyler Perry joint?" And oh, yeah. and I was like, "But I was like, no, because she, you know, like they have beef." And so when the credits rolled, I was like, "Oh, it's a Lee Daniels." But mm-hmm. I I think I, I'm with you, America. Like I sought the movie out specifically so I could see Monique.
2: Yeah,
1: um, and she carried.
2: Uh, it's just. <laughs> and they had a few too because they fell out after Precious. So like they just,
3: oh, okay.
2: 50, if I'm not mistaken, I could be a little off, but I think Fifty helped them or like Fifty got them niggas together and was like, mm-hmm. "Squad, for her I'm putting her on the screen."
1: with Lee well, Daniels, and you yeah. would think that you know that usually solidifies a professional relationship.
2: Yeah.
3: Hmm.
1: I will say that her legs were shaved in the movie, unless they like CGI that. But she was moisturized, glistening, because there are shots, America.
2: Yeah, you know what I mean. There are, and I was wondering if that was intentional. And then I laughed about that too because I was like, "Oh, y'all niggas trying to be funny." So yeah, (laughs) but you know what? I ain't mad. I got a theory. If you watch it, if you like, allow yourself to go there, you can come up with some other shit about what was really happening. And so I can appreciate that. So yeah, go watch it.
0: Okay, okay. Think okay. cool. therapy certified? <laughs> <laughs> Not certified. I don't know about certified charges. Yeah, acknowledged. All
2: <laughs> <laughs> we love a good. We love a good hood jam. You know, we yeah. do. Like that's yeah. what it. Was. I felt like that's what it was giving Loki.
0: Yeah, and that's like, why. I... I- that's why I find myself on Zeus.
1: Girl, I, 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 I wasn't coming back, but just the rest of it was giving me heartburn. Like, I was like, I can't with y'all.
0: Sorry, you're not at Zeus yet, but um, No, but it's not even my account, it's my friend account. Um, not- Shout out to your friend. Yeah. But I'll be watching it because yeah, we'll my kids to watch be watching it. And so I'm like, what the fuck are they watching? And then I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> no, for real.
3: For
0: real. Yeah. Uh,
1: I have thoughts. I I could give a whole spiel about Jocelyn's cabaret.
0: That's what we started yesterday.
1: I have, yeah. It it's there's so much potential there. Right? Like if she wanted to Go back to her community and make some changes, and, you know. But Lord, that is not what's happening.
0: Uh, it's not because she okay. said, "I gotta get these two dollar hoes together, girl." <laughs> and if not, then I'm gonna knock off some wigs. I said, "Okay." So we're leading with violence. Notice it <laughs> 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 titties. Violence and titties. Titties, yeah. Yeah. Um, But something that's not violence and titties is the stigma of mental health. No,
2: ma'am.
1: Here <laughs> at C-Therapy, where we are not for violence and titties. I'm going to argue it still
0: about violence
2: and what about titties if you want to be real, but go ahead. I'm going to let you know. <laughs>
0: Well, oh, okay. I would like to actually hear your argument and then we can just lead with that.
2: Oh, about why I think it's still about violence? Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm, where do I start? I think when we think about mental health services in general as a community, just like other wellness practices, they've been whitewashed. Mm-hmm. So when we think about the whitewashing of Wellness practices of holistic practices
3: right. to think
2: about who is at the root of them Y'all gonna hate me again and I don't care White supremacy wins again And so white oh, period Makes you believe that These services aren't meant wow. for you They're right. meant for other people These practices right. aren't meant for you They're meant for other people And when we're thinking about White supremacy We know it is foundation It's about oppression
0: And we know it's about structural violence, so. Mm -hmm. I love you, America. Wow. Yeah. 100%. That's um... it. That's the way that goes. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, what I hear all the time is, oh, therapy, that's for white people. That's Mm -hmm. for crazy people. And that's for whatever, right? Um, But I'm like, that's the one thing white people (laughs) They did get right. When something happened in their family, they go to therapy. (laughs) When something happened in their life, they go to therapy. Us, we're like, what happens in our house stays in our house. We're gonna pray about it. Go ahead. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, we gonna pray about it, you know. We gonna pray it away. And like, yes, you could pray, but you could also go to therapy. Right. And so A lot of the work that I find myself doing is, like, decolonizing therapy and putting it in a way that Black people can receive it. It doesn't. I tell them, like, I'm not ever going to send you to a place that only has white therapists. Mm -hmm. I'm asking these questions. Do you have Black clinicians? Because I don't want to be setting people up. And this is not to say that white clinicians are not good. What I'm saying is that as a black person it's important for me to have someone I can relate to. Right. There are cultural markers that you can identify with.
1: If when someone has your same culture and we all know it. You can read Twitter and when there's someone that like has the same experience as you in childhood. Um mm-hmm. like there's just there's certain things you know
2: culture what you was gonna say America um you said that's the one thing that white people got right or that they do right and I think that we also have to remember that uh, white people have an advantage there they have the privilege mm-hmm. and the flexibility and the luxury resources people, and, yeah and resources to be able to seek out therapy for a whole right. of reasons there right. they the higher probability of finding a therapist that looks like them.
0: Right. Oh my God. That's white, easy money. <laughs> right. White
2: people's community or white people's behavior isn't as collective as ours is. So white folks get to be individuals. So one white person mm. in the family going to therapy doesn't now mean their whole family is crazy. Right. One of us goes, oh, well, it must be your mama, mama, mama's, 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 mama's. mama's, 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 mama's. And it's like this whole collective thing. And so I think that while, yes, white folks got it right, they also get to do this. It is a privilege that right. they have we aren't afforded. And again, right. it goes back to white supremacy because that's right. the purpose. The purpose is to keep us down here, feeling right. wounded and unhealed and hurt fucking right. ties and oppressed while everybody else gets to live their happy-go-lucky-ass mm. life.
0: Well. Right. And I wish that people could see that you know, because nowadays there are, we have more resources, they're impacted, right? Because there's not a lot of clinicians accepting Medi-Cal and things of that nature, but the stigma is what is stopping people as well, you know, because a lot of people do have access to these resources, but because of how they were taught, about therapy and mental health and you know saying like oh so and so is touched or you know whatever the case may be then people shy away from going and seeing what it could be about and seeing how it can benefit them and so something that I tell my students because they're like miss therapy not gonna help and I'm like it's not gonna change your situation it's not it's not gonna change your parents it's not gonna change any of that What it's going to change is how you relate to all those things, how you think about those things, how you think about yourself and the ways that you cope through all of it, which is lifelong skills that you need because life is always going to life. And so looking at it like that can be a little helpful. I'm like, you know, for me, I'm in therapy. I go every week. I let them know. I let parents know. I let anybody know. Therapy. Because this shit is crazy. And y'all not going to make me go crazy. I'm going to go talk to my therapist and get this made sense of. Or at least, like, you know, have that space to do what I need to do.
1: Yeah. I back this 100%. I'm just... I have yeah I'm with y'all. I've I've heard a little bit of it all. So like my first experience with uh therapy came behind a CPS situation and the therapist came to see me at school a couple of times and I had a parent that was I just I remember verbatim was like this person's job is is to talk to you and and you tell them your business and they're getting paid for it. So how much do you think they really care? It's their job. They're getting paid for it. Saw that person maybe more than two, three times. Um, And then not actually going to therapy until I was 18 and living on a college campus. And then Mm -hmm. it still wasn't me seeking it. It was, you know, here's extra credit if you do this just based off right. my major. And it wasn't until I got there and I was like, oh, this this is, this is feels different. Like, this feels good to do. Uh, it's something I look forward to, even now. So, yeah. And even presently with, with the grief that my family is going through, we are dealing with the real-life implications of the shame and embarrassment that comes with this. And it's not everyone that feels that way, but there is a generational difference of how we are approaching mental health, the conversation around it, and ultimately the healing from it. Uh, And it is a visible difference generationally.
0: America.
2: I think I have a similar experience. Something is... A similar experience around therapy for the first time that just dawned on me when you said that Jasmine Um, of also it being maybe CP it was something too and that was a similar conversation of Mm -hmm. this person's job is to uh, find out whatever they can find out that's going on they want to try to make it be something wrong And this person doesn't care because they're doing it for money. And and I think I remember that. And if it wasn't in that context, it might have been just uh, getting social services in general. But I remember that narrative being placed because I remember saying, well, I want to go do the same thing and actually help people and Mm. not do it for the money and not do it because it's my job, but do it because I'm passionate about it. And I want to see families do well and be healthy. So I, I'm thinking there's something there. And I don't have the time to figure out what it is right now. It's <laughs> something there. Um, but I agree. And I think that that was my first exposure, too, was you know what happens in this house stays in this house. And I yeah. think that's culturally something all of us have heard in some way, shape, or form. But when you think about it, it makes sense because when we're thinking about post-traumatic slave syndrome and we're thinking about the fact that families were broken up historically, you know, we know that if we are to tell what our experiences are and they don't meet what white folks say parenting should look like in our household or what the household environment should look like, then you can potentially be, you then can potentially be removed from your house. So of course what happens in this house stays in this house. Um, But then it also teaches you that it's not okay to go and talk to somebody about the things you're experiencing and it just further increases the stigma but then i can say for me i think for a long time i really have and still working on it and i think it's almost there but baby we slip sometimes but like really have worn this internal struggle hard worker um overachiever, overextender as a badge of honor, right? So it's almost like, well, right. that's what I'm supposed to do. Or I mean, Black women in particular have been so, been through so much historic, so especially my own lineage of women before me. So mm-hmm. like, if they could make it through and get it out the mud, and they all were set mm-hmm. for me to get to this point, how dare I now say, okay, well, I need to go get help for all of these things that have happened before me. Um and so I think there's a lot of different things there that comes up for us. And I also think that a lot of the shit that we gotta we have to heal from are not things that we have done. Of mm. course. I was just
1: about to say on that point, America, like us having to now seek the therapy
3: mm-hmm. it's
1: <laughs> that we are I mean, we're carrying that it's in our right. DNA. It's in our eggs. Our daughters are going to have it.
3: Right. So
1: if we can at least, you know, a lot of us talk about breaking generational curses. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that work isn't easy to do. Right. And right. so for me, when I start feeling that way, I do remind myself, like I am carrying my, both, both grandmothers, both right. great grandmothers, women I never even met. Uh, I am carrying all of that in my being. And right. so if I have to be the one to go sit down and talk to someone and just organize this shit, then
2: mm-hmm. let
1: me be it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's either going to be me or my daughter or hers. gonna right. have to do it. Right.
0: Because mm-hmm. just- my big. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that what I see a lot of is like older generations just thinking that this is how they have to feel. Right. Mm. And so not ever making any movement to (laughs) feel differently. And so I try to like just my aunt, she's so anxious. And I'm like, you should go to therapy. You know, it could be very helpful and like to have experienced a lot throughout your life through 50 whatever odd years like and to just continue going (laughs) and like never really dealing with anything for me is like a lot. And so just seeing that benefit and just even if it's not like going through all the different layers of childhood trauma Helping with managing today's anxiety.
1: Mm-hmm. Really? I don't think a lot of people realize 2020 was
0: traumatic.
1: Mm-hmm. We've All at least, like if you didn't Everything think we had trauma, changed. that's, yes, you're changed.
0: trauma. <laughs> Everything changed. I remember during that year when I was doing assessments, I was literally putting for everyone, like living through a current global pandemic mm-hmm. as, as far as like a stressor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now it's been three years since 2020.
1: It doesn't even feel like it.
0: And she. is <laughs> <laughs> oh, it does, I feel
1: like time is just different.
0: It is different.
1: Yeah. For me, I my my days run together.
2: Hmm. Hmm. Yes, I just think the, the survival thing, our survival instincts as Black folks kicks in heavily too. Yeah. And so you're talking about your aunt Jasmine, and I think mm-hmm. a part of it for her, it's probably like I've done this this long, I've got right. to this point, so I'll just keep doing it. And I think that's where a lot of us find ourselves, at, especially Black women, is what well, I've been doing it this long, and like there's parts of this. This version of me that's proven to be beneficial. And so, right. you want me to go to therapy and not you, but you know, the right. conversation is go to therapy. And I don't know what that'll look like. I don't know what that will uncover. So, I'll just keep doing what I've been doing.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes.
2: <laughs> people all the time. Or when I ask, well, baby, is it me? Because I'm telling you, I'm giving you, I'm sorry, I'm not telling you anything because I'm not. So- right. I anything? don't
0: tell you anything, oh, but the suggestion that was made was well,
2: giving you all of the suggestions and all of the tea and you're not the fuck doing it. Right. And I've had people say, well, if I do it, like that's going to require me to do things that I haven't previously right. done. And it's just easier to do what I've been doing, right. even if it feels really crappy. Right. Yeah. So I think, and we just, have-
0: like, yeah. just like that, back to that question, who am I if I heal? Right. Oh. And I think that's why we have to be Mindful
2: Of like both The community stigma but then also Like looking at it at a macro Level but also understanding mm-hmm. how it impacts People on a micro level yeah, and right. so If we are going to create This space for black folks, black people Black women to talk about Their trauma or their emotions What do the wraparound Services look like? How are we really making Sure that we are engaging in a way that's really supporting each other and honestly that's gonna have to be a bigger picture a systemic right change because it's a lot of hoops that you have to jump through both right. as an individual seeking therapy services and right. as a fucking provider who takes insurance
0: right shout out to you sis that was me wanting to serve my community I know Frank,
2: and I've made better decisions. I truly have made better decisions than that because that wasn't that wasn't a great decision but
0: did you do it through Alma? No, I would not why not?
2: We're gonna talk about that later, but no okay
0: <laughs> I, wouldn't,
2: I wouldn't do any of the children anybody mm-hmm. when I can you can do it yourself and so It'll they can eventually yeah. negotiate higher rates for you but then there's other shit on the back end and I if I'm doing the work baby I'm getting the money for it right period and yeah. it's gonna go with me if I decide to move to Kalamazoo or if I desi- decide to move to Mexico I'm gonna do what I want to do and so I just I don't want no person
1: I see yeah, yeah. I, to piggyback off of what you said america stigma by definition is a mark of disgrace right with the circumstance of uh, and so by dismantling that right by we have to talk about what that disgrace is or what it feels like um and yeah i think for a lot of black families it's 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 just, it's kind of, I don't want to say swept under the rug, but. I don't know what you mean, kind of, it is. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Because
2: in our culture, seeking out help is seen as a sign of weakness. Weakness. You're supposed to be able
0: to deal with everything and take everything and continue on.
2: Right. And that's perpetuated in more ways than one. Mm-hmm. But when we think about what was this, what was it in the 80s or early 90s, the welfare queen, and that being an understanding oh. of like you're receiving social services or you're receiving some sort of government benefits that you're lazy and you don't want to work and you this and mm-hmm. you're that. And you want to. It's it's a lot of things that contribute to our fear around getting help. And then you think about right. people who have sought out services and they've been institutionalized and shouldn't have been. Or they've received diagnoses that have been detrimental and they were diagnosed incorrectly. Right. So we got every damn reason to not want to go. Right. Every reason to not want to go. But I think it's beautiful that we're having these conversations about both can be true. Right. You can both feel it's a vulnerable space to be in to admit that you need some support. We all Mm -hmm. do. It's yeah. that's a very vulnerable and tender spot, and maybe what else you're gonna do, right? Because the shit is hard. So what are we gonna do? You're gonna do it hard. You're gonna do it by yourself, and it be a struggle, right? Somebody help you put some things together so you can do some things differently, and it would be right. a little less hard.
1: And your therapist is not there to give you advice about your life or how to live your life and
0: <laughs> a medical baby between okay. me and my clients we figure it out I'm <laughs> not going to let you do no okay. no I'm no, going to no, tell you what not to do though like
1: breaking it down you no, know
0: that.
1: <laughs> I think a lot of people think that going to therapy is equivalent to going to their homegirl or like that. And that's not, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's what I'm trying to get at is that your Mm -hmm. therapist is not there to give you advice as if someone of your, because that's bias. People that are in your life have a bias. Um, So therapy is that unbiased relationship that you can have. And yes, when done properly, they will reflect your bullshit back at you. And at that point, the work begins. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
3: mm-hmm.
0: um, I did want to touch on what you said a little because I think about code switching, right? And the fact that I don't code switch in my practice, literally yeah. like what you see is what you get. I'm able to drop them gems in a way that you can catch it. Okay. And we might end it with a period, but this is like us having that relationship, us having that bond, which happens when you kind of date around and see what it is, what you want for therapy. For me, whenever I was looking for a therapist, I was like, okay, I need someone who's cool with weeds, someone who is a parent. Um, and, like a millennial, cause I feel like we are. I'm not gonna say that the aunties don't do it right, but I feel like we, <laughs> the older aunties. Oh lord, you know, like how I said, yeah. my um, my auntie therapist. Like I don't feel like I was challenged enough. Like my thought process was challenged enough, um, then and so. Get you somebody that's going to challenge you yeah. lovingly, right? And sometimes it might not feel great, but that's where the work is, right up in that uncomfortable feeling, that part that makes you want to like, eh, nope. Yeah. That's what we need to be talking about. Yeah.
1: I just realized that about myself these past couple of weeks of just, that's been my thing. I I went to... uh. Um, Talk about that but I, I sought out <laughs> therapy for my grief and being there made me realize that like I had not been leaning into the uncomfortable. I've been pacifying myself with different things. Mm-hmm. And so that's really where the work is, is leaning into what is hurtful, what is uncomfortable. And once you're able to do that, good things, real things happen. Right, right change
3: happens.
0: Absolutely. Um, and the whole reason that I brought up the code switching is because, you know, the way that I was introduced to therapy was like, oh, that's for white people. That's what they do, whatever. Um, okay. And so I was like, but I want to do that. You know, I want to talk to people and help them feel better and you know things like that and so I was like okay I have to find a way that I can do that and I thought you know when I first when I first graduated I was like damn I have to show up so like professionally like you know I have to make sure I know all the theories and things like that and you know in order to be taken seriously but then I was like nah Because I got the knowledge and they didn't go to school. So I don't need to necessarily be talking to them with clinical jargon. Like I can get my point across in a way that feels good to both of us. And in a way that's digestible for us to have a good conversation. Mm -hmm. And so if one of the reasons that you are not getting therapy is because you don't think they'll understand you. Like, that's what we mean by dating around and being clear about what you want from therapy. But also don't try to date
1: your therapist.
0: Oh, immediately. Don't do that.
1: Yeah, no. Don't do that. (laughs) Five years. It's in our ethics. (laughs) And then for me, I just
0: can never imagine that.
1: No. No, it's meant to be an unbiased, vulnerable clinical relationship. Uh, so, yeah, don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We talked about how to normalize therapy, right? Like, I, I, by this point, I feel like our listeners should be comfortable uh, with the talks. Uh, if not, send somebody the podcast and then at least that other person you can have some comfortability with talking about it. But mm-hmm. once we normalize therapy and I think that our generation and the kiddos out there are, do a good job of that. Um I always joke that people that grew up in the seventies, like they just, they had a rough, There's a lot going on in the eighties.
0: Oh. Crap. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> my family's from New York. So I just immediately with my, my, my- <laughs> Um, but I just, you know, it's, it, we have to acknowledge that for our parents, our grandparents, it is not normalized.
3: Mm -hmm.
1: Um, I am learning that with my family, as we go through this tragedy, as we lean on each other, uh, that conversations, um, are coming out more willingly from my cousins and I. and stuff. And I I can see the uncomfortable, like, just, I, I see it um, that, you know, my dad and his siblings and like, you know, like they're uncomfortable, but um, my aunt went to therapy, you know, it was hard for her to go back to church. um, And she did that. She got back involved. And, and so uh, just adding therapy to her regimen, and it was uncomfortable for her at first. Um, We had a talk after her second session and you know, and, and I get it. Um, but she's doing the work and it's just, I, I wholeheartedly believe that session by session, it gets easier. Um, the more that we talk about this at the dinner table, uh, at the barbecues, uh, just the more familiar we can get around it. And even if it's not the old heads going, uh, then at least for our kids, for ourselves, for our cousins, um, you know, of course, when dealing with suicide in a family, you know, the thoughts of what could I have done or said. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it it has crossed my mind. My cousin, of course, knew that I was in school uh, for clinical mental health counseling and specializing in military cultures. Um, still didn't mean that he would pick up the phone and, and call, you know, at that time. But it does cross my mind. What if we had just normalized the conversation around therapy before
0: we mental health, yeah?
1: You know, so I I say that to everyone out there of just just saying it. You know, talk to your cousins, put it, drop it in the group chat. You know, right. drop a link to one of our episodes and just let that spark a conversation. Um, mm-hmm. Normalize it in our families, and so. If you're like me and you are dead set on breaking cycles and curses uh, I say that with air quotes around it, then you know, this is one of those things. Let's just normalize it for
0: ourselves. And the people that I we have. Yes. Yeah.
2: And making sure that when we're normalizing it, we're doing it in a way that doesn't that we're making sure that we're being tender with people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've seen people go to people and say, I'm really having a tough time, X, Y, Z, A, B, and C. Well, that's why I told you to go to therapy. Have you gone right. to Right.
0: And that's not know. helpful. <laughs> that's and not that's it.
2: What you need to be doing. You need right. to be. Or people coming to therapy saying, like, I just need to know how to convince my partner or my cousin or my friend or whoever to go to therapy. When they get upset, I tell them, that's why you need to go to therapy. And it's, we got to really be mindful of the language. Mm-hmm. That right. Because... Um, you don't want to weaponize it Right, and I think right. that's the issue And I think a lot of times that's what we tend to do And so we're weaponizing in these conversations But I told you to go to therapy I was trying to be helpful Right, but when were you saying it And how were you saying it to that person And making mm-hmm. sure that we are not making it seem As if going to therapy is a punishment Or it's because right. somebody has done something wrong Right or They're crazy Using air quotes there But like we are really making sure that we are encouraging people to get the care for their mental health that they both need and deserve. Right, and understanding that that's okay. And I really think that comes from our generation, the younger aunties. I guess I'm a mid age auntie. Yeah, damn. Um, <laughs> Wait, now okay. there's now there's, there's
0: categories of the aunties. Well, she the older aunties. And yeah, the older aunties what? are like, you know, forty five. Yeah. You know what? No, I'm not claiming that.
2: Okay, so you are <laughs> millennials. Um, I love the fact that we. I feel like in the Gen Z babies mm-hmm. are. I mean, they are different breed though. But the fact mm-hmm. that we are having these conversations about mental health, about how things feel hard, um, about the importance of taking care of yourself in multiple ways is really important, and I
0: love to see it. Yes, I Me too. Definitely.
1: Yeah. I think our Black babies are going to be better off for it. Um, I think we're going to be better off for it. And it just, it takes time. You know, it took time for the white devil to break us down. So it's going to take time for us to build us back up. You know, and we've, we've already done that in strides.
0: shrines. America's I said
2: white
3: devil.
0: I know. I'm like, what you got to say? <laughs> the
2: white devil It's always going to be the most powerful because it is the white devil. We feed into the white devil. Everybody else feed into it. It's not going nowhere. To me, our goal is to learn how to operate within it because we Mm. can't change it. Mm, Um, And we're not going to stop what it looks like on a systemic level. We can address it. And I'm always going to have conversations about racism and about Mm. all of the practices that come into play. But at the end of the day, that's just the umbrella in which we all operate under. Right. Um, But I had a thought there when I said the millennials, us millennials and the Gen Z babies are doing better. I think we also really have to do a better job about what mental health looks like for mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And making sure that we are handled with care in these conversations, too. Because I think for me, at least at this point, some of the stigma for me Around finalizing who I'm gonna go with because uh, I mean, first of all, like I need a me, and maybe right. I need a me, but I feel like I need a me. Yeah, I need somebody be. like now, nah, now nah, you know damn well, nah, and I you feel know. like, yeah, hmm. yeah, you're right, like I, but don't call me a because I might have to fight you, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I need somebody who is gonna grab, snatch grab the, edges. the edges, and then. <laughs> <back> <laughs> You right know, edge control them, oh, yeah, I like look, that. Match you know, edges
1: and help you put them back
2: on. Put them back on, and then mold them in a different way so that I can get it yes. together. Right. I I realize that I need that, but I also know that some of the internal stuff for me is around the fact that I am the mental health professional, right. and and the conversation is, well, you a therapist? What you need therapy for? Like you can't do that for yourself. Or how you helping other people? Not and, it. It. and like, of course, I know it's some bullshit. Right. You wouldn't expect a doctor, a surgeon, to perform surgery on they self. So why would you expect for me to therapy myself? Even though right. baby okay. be therapy herself and it should be working until it don't. But right. you, <laughs> wouldn't you wouldn't expect it's that expect other professionals. So, mm-hmm. making and when white people, when white therapists talk about going to therapy, I don't ever see backlash online Never. when they're talking about their diagnosis. And I don't, you know, you know, but cool. And nobody bats an eye, but when it's black women in particular talking about black women who are mental health professionals talking about their mental health. Talking about the struggles that they experience around anxiety or depression, I've seen a couple bipolar diagnoses for clinicians and people trying to eat us for filth in the comments about how could you do this? You can't possibly be a professional if you're struggling with these things too. And so, mm-hmm. just remembering that if we're gonna hold, making sure we're holding everybody with care, of
1: course, because okay. there are doctors out there who have cancer,
2: right? like so right.
1: there be therapists who are dealing? And working through their mental health.
2: Right.
1: And I'm guilty of using the tools that I've learned on myself, but you hit it right on the head. It works until it doesn't. Yeah. I was coasting, but once grief got thrown in there, I don't know how to process, Mm -hmm. you know? And so seek therapy, ho.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That part. (laughs) I feel like that is a good place for us to kind of wrap it up. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad that we had this conversation because it's necessary. Yeah, These are the kind of conversations that we need to have so that we can destigmatize mental health and therapy. So hopefully you got something out of this. Send it to your homies. And just remember, like literally we all have made it to this day, which means we went through 2020, which means we need therapy. So go on ahead and seek therapy. We all need it. Oh, I forgot my spill. You can can literally do Pilates. You can run 17 miles a day. You can only drink water and only drink green juice. But if you're ignoring the things in your head and in your heart, then you're still not truly healthy. So go on ahead and seek therapy. That we all need it. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs>